Well, hey, good morning, everybody. How are y'all doing today? Uh, good. Okay, great. Well, we'll amp this thing up. That's all right. Hey, um, my name is Steve. If you haven't met me before, I'm uh, one of the leaders here at Medina. And so welcome. It's so good to see you all this morning. And um, I actually just want to start off and warm up this conversation um, with a pretty intriguing quote. And so I thought this was intriguing. So let me just share this, see what you guys think here. There's a very real downside to praying. It lulls believers into a false sense of accomplishment. We cannot solve our problems, much less the world's, through prayer. We often see people with good intentions praying for victims in the wake of a tragedy, but prayer is useless without action, and those actions make the prayers irrelevant. Okay, it's interesting, and I just had to say that Jesus, he invites each and every one of us into a relationship uh, with him, and he desires for us to, to pattern our lives after the things that he has modeled for us and taught us to pattern our lives um, after. And so last week, we started a conversation, a two-part conversation in this series on praying and acting. So last week, Pastor Tony took us through praying, and this week, we're talking about acting, and I don't mean acting in the sense of uh, like an actor would act or anything like that, but about taking action. So our praying leading to action. So uh, rhetorically, what do we think about this? Do we agree, uh, disagree with this quote? Are there things in here that we agree with? Because um, uh, honestly, this is uh, the person who authored this quote. His name is Hemant Mehta, and he is uh, an author, an editor, and an atheist. And so this is coming from his perspective. But if I'm honest, some of this sounds a little Christian. There, there's some stuff in here, um, uh, maybe one thing that I can get on board with, but it, it's interesting, at least in the sense that maybe some of us that are followers of Jesus, maybe some of us believe um, some of this logic. And see, though we would never say it out loud, um, so often the, the point is that um, the people that we interact with um, might believe this. And so maybe for you today, maybe this is one of the reasons why you're like, I'm not so sure about God. There's Christians praying, but uh, what are we doing about some of the tragedy that's going on in the world? So to be sure, I, I don't agree with this quote largely, but I, I do, and it's because I believe that God does exist that it's through Jesus that we know God, and because of that, we pray, and because of that, we act. We pray and we act. And so this quote makes me consider that. It makes me consider how I pray, the things that I act on or the things that I don't act on. See, when followers of Jesus pray, we don't just pray empty words of like, oh, I'm sending my thoughts and prayers out to you. We mean it. We mean it when crisis and tragedy and things like that hit. And so Jesus, he has the church all over the world, and he's mobilizing people to not just pray, but to also act on these things. This is biblically modeled for us, and um, Jesus, he leads us toward action. We need to pray and act. Because so often we'll say things like, oh, I'll pray for you. But if I'm honest, sometimes I forget. <laughs> if I'm honest, I'll say I'll pray for you, and I never do. And so if I say that to you, and, and if I don't pray with you right away, then and it's likely I'll forget. So often we'll pray for the, the poor and needy in the world, but what are we doing tangibly to provide for those needs? 
So imagine following this kind of logic with um, any other relationship that you have. And so for me, for example, um, me and my marriage, my wife. So my wife, she's more of a a words of affirmation type person, and I'm more of a kind of acts of service type person. And so if, if we follow this logic and if we say that actions rule and conversation or prayer is irrelevant, then let's play this out. And so, unfortunately, I play it out all the time in my marriage, but if all I do is act, do, 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 right? If all I do is go to work for my family, do the yard work, um, take the kids places, bring my wife ice cream, do, 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 that's good stuff. But if it's just that, then the relationship isn't going to be too great if I'm not having any conversation with my wife or my kids. And likewise... If all we did was talk, 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 and never accomplish things together, never take out the trash, never play with the kids, never go on dates, do the dishes, things like that, equally, the relationship is going to be not where it should be, right? And it's the same with our relationship with Jesus and with others. We need both praying and we need both acting, conversing, bringing things to God, but also going out and doing and responding to those things. They go hand in hand together. So let's check out what James has to say. In James chapter 5, he says this, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. So he's showing us the importance of prayer here. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful. It's effective. So prayer, absolutely, it's important. It's powerful. It's effective. And so as Pastor Tony mentioned last week and as we see from James here, there's these things, being troubled, being happy, being sick, the sin in our life. These things consume us. They're part of our cares. And we all have a care bucket that we fill up with different cares that consume us. Our troubles consume us. The things that make us happy or sick, they consume us. And so what are we to do? We are to pray. We're to pray. We're to, in faith, let Jesus in on these things and let him fill us up instead with his cares. For more on this, you can, if you didn't check out last week's sermon, you can pull it online and you can see other sermon series that we've done on prayer. But for this weekend, for this week, we are talking about how our prayers can lead us toward action. And so action's important too. Let's check out James just a few chapters before what we just read. He says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, hey, go in peace, keep warm and and warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. (laughs) And this is kind of a funny part. He says, but someone will say, hey, you have faith and I have deeds. And, And James says, no, show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. See, prayer is an act of faith. You are giving to God the things that concern you, the things that you are passionate about, and in faith, it's in faith that we know that God will come through on his own way. So I would say the same thing about action. What good is our prayers if at times we don't also act? 
So you can't just look at these two passages and say, okay, cool. Who are the people here that are the prayer warriors, the people that really pray? Okay, cool. You guys go into your prayer closet or whatever you do. You guys keep praying, and that's other people. We'll go actually do something about stuff. No, they're, they're connected. They're deeply connected. If we're asking, do I pray or do I do? Do I do or do I pray? The answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, it's both. So what about Jesus? Um, I feel like Jesus has something definitely to say about this type of symmetry. And so Jesus, for example, at the Mount of Olives, it's uh, him praying to God leading up to his uh, death on the cross for us. He says, Father, he's praying, he's like, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup away from me. Please take this away. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Okay, so here's the Steve version, and um, this is gonna be a pixelated Jesus, so I'm sorry about that, but that's what I got for us. So this is Jesus right there. He's praying to God. He's like, God, can you do this? God, would you do this? Would you take this cup away from me? God's like, no, it's, it's my will that you do it. And so Jesus responds, okay, I'll do it. And he does. <laughs> and so that's modeled for us, right? So Jesus came and he, he died in our place, your place and my place. And he did it with prayer, and, but he also acted on it with action, and it's not like he did this alone either. He did it with God through prayer, leading him toward action. And Jesus didn't just model it for us, he did. You can see it right here. But he also gives us a pretty awesome template about how to do this. And we'll find that template in Matthew chapter six. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and get there to Matthew chapter six. If you didn't bring one or if you don't own one, grab our black Bibles underneath the chairs and just take that with you, that's yours. That'll be on page 678 in those Bibles. And this is a, a passage that we've gone back to uh, time and time again in this series, and um, it's just so good. So we're going to go back to it again today, and we're going to see this template of how I think Jesus wants us to not just pray, pray for sure, but how that can lead us towards action. And of course, it's the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer. So Matthew 6, verse 9, Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Well, how should we pray? Here it is. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So the Lord's Prayer, likely you've heard it before. Maybe some of you even have it memorized. You are murmuring it with me as I was reading it. But how often do we act on this prayer? How often do we take it not just from prayer but to action as well? There's something really intriguing that I would like for us to, to notice in this prayer. And it actually reminds me of a pretty famous quote. So let's see if you know this is, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You guys know who this quote's from? Jesus, you're right. There we go. So that's your boy Jesus. There we go. That's an amazing quote. And so what's Jesus saying here? What is the most important thing? What's the greatest commandment? It's twofold. It's you love God, you love others. You love God, you love others. You must do that. You, to, to love God is to love others, and to love others is to love God. It's one and the same. So this is what Jesus keeps going back to to live in right relationship with God and express that relationship with others, with other image bearers, with other people, 
So, of course, he's putting this right in the template of, that we see in the Lord's Prayer. And so you'll see what I mean here. This is all about God right here. Verse 9 and 10. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the Lord's Prayer, it's about how we can act on loving God and loving others. Not just memorizing or, or reciting this prayer, although that's a good thing, but it's about how do we actually go about loving God and how do we actually go about loving others? Do we live our lives in such a way that we are um, chasing after our Father in heaven, that we are hallowing his name? Hallowed, that just means honoring and holy. So how are we living our lives in such a way that's honoring to God, to our Father in heaven? How are we personally being involved in seeing God's kingdom come and seeing his will be done in our lives? Are we seeing ourselves as ambassadors for his kingdom? If we're here on earth, which we are, how are we to live that out? How do we love God? And then what we'll see in a little bit in how we love others. But the, there, there's another uh, good quote this, by this guy, Dallas Willard. I think he sums this part up really well. And if you've never uh, read any of his stuff, it's amazing stuff, so I definitely encourage it. He says this, So when Jesus directs us to pray, thy kingdom come, he does not mean that we should pray for it to come into existence. It already is. Rather, we pray for it to take over at all points in the personal, social, and political order where it is now excluded, on earth as it is in heaven. With this prayer, we are invoking it as in faith we are acting it into the real world of our daily existence. We are supposed to take our love for God to the world to the places that exclude God and into our daily existence, our daily rhythm of our everyday lives. That's modeled for us as a way to love God, to honor our Father in heaven. And then we see it shifting focus to others. So we have love God, love others. It's the same rhythm there. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. Okay, so... How often do we read this and we, you know, we read it and we say, give us today our daily bread, forgive us our debts. But really, if I'm honest, and maybe for some of you, if you're honest, we look at this and, and we on, almost on accident, we say, oh Lord, give me today my daily bread. Give me, uh, forgive me of my debts. Also, as you have forgiven me of my debts, lead, lead me not into temptation, but deliver and deliver me from the evil one. Me, 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 my, my. And yeah, I took a year of Greek, and you don't need to take Greek to see that the English even has a plural here. And that's a big deal. That's significant. So often I can read this on accident and say, Lord, give me. And I think that's fine. But Jesus is shifting our focus from ourselves toward God and toward others. And how do we love God and how do we love others? See, my guess is that for most of you in this room, you're not contemplating whether or not you'll have uh, your daily bread, <laughs> whether you'll have breakfast, lunch, or even dinner this week or next week or even a month from now. We're, we're more so, if we're honest, contemplating, where do I get my daily bread? Lord, do I go to Panera Bread or the local bakery? And of course, Jesus would say, shop local. So there you go. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. However, you go to Cups Cafe, 
or, or, or someplace like that. You go serve at Cups Cafe, you'll see people literally praying for their daily bread. And I found that those are some of the most generous people. They know what the need is like. So Jesus, he calls us to think outside of ourselves. And so who of us can meet these needs of others? Not just, Lord, give me my daily bread, but Lord, give us our daily bread. Give us our daily needs in that way. How can we look at this prayer differently and look outwardly toward others? How can we pray but lead that to action in that way? And what about forgiveness? And by the way, I'm fairly certain that we, we shouldn't look at this and be like, Lord, can you forgive me of all that credit card debt? That would be real nice. Just magically make that go away. Uh, I think he might say, well, you should probably deal with that. You got yourself in that situation, right? But debts, it, it may be better to say our sin, our transgression. Lord, forgive us of our detachment issues from you. Lord, forgive us of that. And so I can guarantee that you are around people all day who need to hear the hope, the story, and the message of a good God who forgives us of our sin. And who's gonna share that hope with them? Who's gonna share that message with them? It's you, it's me, it's us, right? So help us to focus that way. Say, Lord, give me this opportunity. Give us this opportunity. And Lord, help us as we take that opportunity to share that forgiveness with other people. Temptation. Now, I, I don't think Jesus is necessarily leading us into temptation. I think maybe it's more about trials and challenges because God does trial, um, give us challenges and trials for sure. And it's okay to say, Lord, would you spare me from these things? Could you help me get through these things? We just saw that with Jesus, right? Lord, would you please take that cup away? But if not, I will do it. I will figure this thing out with your help. We say like, Lord, I know I'm spending too much time on Facebook. If only there was a way you could help me. There's like a delete button on there. We could do that <laughs> or something like that. See, the Lord's Prayer, it's meant to be acted upon. And so let me just say this. How many of you here play board games? Anybody? Just me? Okay, my people. Go ahead and raise your hand. You're a safe place. All right. So we play board games. And even if you don't play board games, you know that there's an instruction booklet in the board game, right? And so what do we do? We take that out and, and we read that. We read that initially. Um, uh, we don't memorize the whole thing. I mean, uh, we try to, but we take it out initially and we read it. And if we're honest, we just YouTube it nowadays. But if you have the book and if you're reading it, you read it for the rules and you try to figure out, okay, how do we play this game? But eventually, you play the game, right? You don't just invite people over to your house and say, hey, let's play this board game and just spend the whole time reading the booklet about how to play. Eventually, you, you play the game, right? You refer back to it when you forget. And, and you know the rules and you figure that out. I think it's like that for the Lord's Prayer, right? It's not meant to be just something that you just recite from memory all the time and just pray that, it, although it is that, but it should move us toward action. It should move us toward loving God, toward loving others, a couple of verses after this, um, Matthew 6, it says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So if you do that, he'll do it too. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Again, it's like Jesus is saying, come on, guys, don't just pray. Pray for sure. Don't just pray, but also um, forgive. Don't just pray for forgiveness. Also forgive. 
Like, let's go, let's do this thing. Stop praying and start doing. Reminds me of this, if anybody knows that. Just do it. Just pray. Shia LaBeouf. Kind of looks like Pastor Tony, so if you have no idea what I'm talking about, just picture Pastor Tony, and now it's funny. So there you go. Just do it. So did you know that there are actually places in the Bible where God tells his people, stop praying, start doing the thing? All right, I'm thinking of uh, the whole thing when um, Moses is about to part the Red Sea with God. He's, they're about to part the Red Sea. And in Exodus 14, check this out, this is so good. Um, verse 15 here. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Why are you still crying out to me? Do the thing. <laughs> Go and do it. See, at some point, we need to stop praying for help to forgive someone for the hundredth time and just go forgive them. At some point, maybe God might be calling you and me to stop praying for those without their daily bread in Medina and in our communities in the world and start doing something about it. Some of us, we, we need, we, God's calling us to Stop just praying that, Lord, would, the, would you put your gospel out to the world, that places that don't hear you or don't know about you, Jesus. Maybe God's calling us to go tell people. Don't just pray, we should, but go tell, go bring that message. I'm using you to bring that message to other people. We can act on that. See, if, if, uh, if God is clear in the scripture, then we don't have to linger around too much praying whether or not we should do it. Lord, should I be sleeping with my girlfriend or boyfriend? I think the scripture is pretty clear. It's not the best thing to do. God has a different way. Lord, should I be loving that unlovable person at my workplace or in my school? I think the answer is yes. <laughs> and not should I, but Lord, how can I love that person? How can I love others in these ways? Lord, should I be watching season three of Stranger Things? Yes, absolutely. Unless you're me and you're trying to figure out how to preach this weekend, you haven't had time, but that's my own thing. Yeah. So uh, this is something I've actually implemented in my, in my own prayer life. I think it comes from this rhythm that we see from Jesus of not just praying, but also acting. I've, I've been changing my own prayers, and if you've prayed with me uh, in the last several months or so, you've seen me um, kind of start out this way, and I just want to share it with you. I've I, I just been so, just so convicted by this. I'm like, when I pray, I'm like, Lord, you are good, right? It's a reminder, like, God, you are good. And then I say, Lord, thank you. Thank you that for whatever reason, you decided to use people like me, people like us, to be your hands and feet to the world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Right? And, I, and there's God's role and there's our role, to be sure. But he uses us. He wants to be co-laborers with us on his mission here in the world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that. So, what I want to do the rest of our time is I would like for us to get super practical so that we can get going, so we can go do this stuff. So last week, if you were here, Pastor Tony, he um, went through seven different levels of how to cultivate a strong prayer life. And so what I would like to do is give a compliment to that and talk about how we can cultivate a strong action life along with a strong prayer life. And so you should be able to um, 
know where we're at with this if you weren't here last week or um, definitely go back and check that out, but we're gonna do that. We're gonna give the compliment to not just praying, um, but acting, okay? So the first one, pray what you've got. I'm not gonna go through every one of these in detail, but pray what you got. It's just pray, just if you don't know what to pray, just pray what you have, just pray, just try it. And equally, I would say let's act when we can. Act when you can. If you can do something, then you should. Like, like what? <laughs> like the commands in the Bible, like love God, right? If you can love God, you should. If you can love others, you should do that. Not necessarily have to think about it in that way. Like, yeah, of course, God wants me to love others. Or, or to fight injustices. Like God says, do that. Okay, Here, here's some th- something to think through. James again, James 4, he says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Say, hey, if you know the good that you should do and you intentionally, you deliberately decide, I'm not gonna do that. It's sin for us. We should do what we know is good. We ought to do that. Proverbs 31, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and of the needy. So for example, if you see someone getting seriously bullied uh, right in front of you, are we just gonna sit back and be like, ooh, this is the time I should pray for that person? I, I think we should pray, but maybe we should also intervene to stick up to do something. Pray and intervene so you don't do something stupid yourself, right? Do both of those things. See, or, or maybe we can say, God, maybe we've been saying, God, would you please give me a desire to read the Bible? You know, I just, I hate reading and the Bible's all about reading and God, just could you help me with that? Maybe God's saying, just try reading it. <laughs> just take it on audiobook or have someone else help you read it. Just try different things. Lord, would you give me a, a, a desire to actually wanna love that person? Okay, good, but now like try loving that person. Just try it. Try different ways. Get creative. Do those things. So act when you can. Level two, pursue a conversational prayer life, but also pursue an active spiritual life. Okay, so Pastor Tony, he uh, challenged us to start writing down our prayers if we haven't tried that before. So I would say in that same line of thinking, start writing down your prayers and see if there's a pattern or something that God is like showing or revealing to you in that. See, prayer isn't just a one-sided conversation. We're also, we're listening to God as we are talking to him. And so maybe God is pressing something onto your heart. Is there a pattern that you can see as you go back and look at the prayers that you're writing down? And then start asking yourself, is God, is he asking me to be active in some of these prayers? Does God want me to do something about this? How is he gonna help me do that? See, if your prayers continue to be centered around a certain people group or minority or, or something like that or something, then maybe he's saying, I want you to pursue that. Some of you have been praying for the foster care system and um, for children and for families and things like that. And I've seen you act on those prayers. You've taken those prayers to action. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. For others, you're praying for community or, or deeper friendships. Well, Act on it by going to a life group. And it's gonna be awkward, and especially if you go to mine, but that's fine. You'll get through it. <laughs> we'll get through it together. Or engage disciple making. And if you don't know what that is, you can just come ask us. Well, we'd love to talk to you about that and how to have those kind of deepening relationships. Maybe the easiest way to act on this is to buy, buy 
going through those patterns that we've been talking about this whole series. There's a ton of different patterns that Jesus has modeled for us and taught for us that we can start acting on and and part with him and for others as well. Level three, pray with and for others, but also act with and for others. Okay, so look around this room right now, okay? It doesn't have to be too awkward. Just go ahead, lock eyes with someone else. It's fine. Look around here, okay? There's other humans in this room, if you didn't realize that, okay? And, and so this is the church. So these, a lot of these people here are followers of Jesus, and I, and I understand some of us are investigating. Some of us are just here to be here. Some of us saw that quote from earlier, and you're like, yeah, that's, not, that's why I don't follow Jesus. Christians don't do anything. And if that's you, you're in a safe place. But check it out. We have each other for a reason. We can act with each other. We can pray with each other. We can do things with each other. That's why we have life groups for a reason. Not to just sit and read the Bible though we should, but to do what it says together. I'll tell you what, when we do that together, it, it kind of helps us like mitigate our tendency to selfishly acting for ourselves. Check out what Luke says. He says this, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to get anything back. And then your reward will be great. And you will be the children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. And this, by the way, is how we can start seeing that God's kingdom come. Start seeing, not just focusing on ourselves and our will, but God's will and share him with others to the world. Not just focused on us, but focus on the gospel and getting that out to others. Level four, learn Jesus' pattern for prayer, but also learn Jesus' pattern for action. Okay, and so I think we just see that right there in the template that we have of the Lord's Prayer. And so we could just use that. Just like we talked about with the Lord's Prayer, it's an action that we can take as well as praying. So start memorizing it for sure. Start referring back to it. But, but what can we do about it? See, I guarantee if you're praying this in your workplace or your school or whatever you're doing, you're gonna start seeing people differently. Jesus is gonna help you see people differently and show you ways that you can provide for people's daily bread, not just our own, but us and our communities and helping people understand forgiveness. We'll see people differently. Level five, pray through scripture, but also act in obedience to scripture. Okay, so yeah, pray through scripture for sure. Read it, see what God is telling us about himself and how to love him and love others. But at some point, we need to act in obedience to it and just try it, whether we like it or not. See, when scripture says, do this or do that, instead of just praying about it and we should, Let's just try acting in obedience to it. See what God has to say and try it out. Or maybe we are looking for excuses not to. Here's an interesting list of things um, that we can act in obedience to, and it's a hard list. 
Galatians 5, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, what is that? Probably whatever you were just thinking. Impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Act in obedience. Pray, God, would you give me the strength to get through this stuff? but how can I act in obedience to get through this stuff as well, right? God, how do I love my enemies? You mean to tell me you want me to love unlovable people? Yeah, he does. How can we do that? Gluttony. I won't talk about that because it's 4th of July weekend, but stuff like that, we, we, we look and we ignore. How can we pray and how can we act in these ways? And it's for our own good. See, our Father in heaven, he isn't just some guy who's like, God who's like, hey, uh, do this stuff because I don't want you to have fun. No, do this stuff because I know it's good for you. This will help you love God and help you love others the way that he's designed for it to be. Level six, develop a prayer plan, but also develop an action plan. So develop an action plan. This doesn't have to be too, too crazy. It doesn't have to be some kind of big business plan or, or anything like that that you can do. This can be simple. Um, one of our life groups, for example, uh, they had a great plan, and I just want to share it with you. They, they decided um, we're going to get a bunch of bags together, okay? We're going to get a bunch of bags together during one of our life groups, and we're going to put some basic need items in those bags, like bottles of water, granola bars, whatever, things like that. And then they put those bags in the trunk of their car. And so when they're driving around, when they're going to work in Cleveland or in the city or wherever, and they see someone, and they're, maybe they're praying that prayer, Lord, give us our daily need. Hey, there's someone here who might need what they have a plan. The plan's in place. They stop the car. They go in the trunk. They grab the bag. I love you. Jesus loves you. The plan. The plan works. Develop an action plan. You can use these levels, level one through seven, in praying and acting. Use that as your action plan. You can take a picture of this and use that as your action plan. I would wait because we have one more point, but you can take a picture of this and use that as your action plan. You can start there. Lastly, pray missionally, but also act missionally. Act missionally. Okay, so what do we mean here? I think God, he is choosing us to be in this world, to be our hands and feet to the world. Right? And we can be on mission for him wherever we're at, whether it's here, whether it's in our neighborhoods, our community, our work, our school, overseas, places where the gospel is needed most, act missionally. And of course, I have to go to the Great Commission. It's because I'm the give it away guy and I get paid to talk about this stuff and to tell us to do stuff like this. So there we go. Um, Here it is. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. Some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Surely I am with you always till the end of the age. And I'll put this back and you can take a picture and I'll step away so you can get a good picture. There you go. So, so Jesus calls us to go. He, he calls us to be on mission here in our communities, in our world. 
So what does that look like? Steve, are you, are you telling me that, are, are you saying that I should go and take one to two weeks of my precious vacation time and spend, I don't know, about $1,800 and I don't know, go um, to Mexico on March 21st, 28th in 2020 with Medina East, just throwing something out there? Yeah, I think that's what I'm saying. For some of us, yeah, we should go. We should go do those things. I think God is calling a lot of us to go share the gospel to make disciples of all nations, of all people groups. Steve, do you mean to say that the next time I'm, I'm moving my family that maybe I should pray and consider and, and act on moving into an area that seems to really need the love and hope of Jesus, even if it's not the area I would pick, even if it doesn't have the gated community, even if it doesn't have the, have the nice jungle gym? Don't you care about my kids? Of course I do. And God does too, and he is powerful, and he blesses those that are a blessing to others. So yeah, maybe for some of us, we think that way. We look at uh, where we're at geographically different, where God has planted us in our homes even now differently. Are, are you telling me, Steve, that uh, not to just do a service project to, to kind of pat myself on the back and to do the feel-good thing and to, to tell a person I'm praying for them but forget to pray for them anyways? but to actually pray for them and to actually build a long-lasting relationship with them and tell them about the hope that I have in Jesus. Yeah, for sure. For sure we should do that. Are you saying that instead of just praying for my three, which by the way, this is language that we've used before, um, we say pray for your three, the three people that we so desperately desire to come to know Jesus you're saying not just pray for those three people, but invite those people into my home for dinner, to, to share life with those people, to go to their house and help them do their yard work, to share the hope that I have in Jesus to them. Yeah, yeah, I think God calls us to that. Not just to pray, but to act, but to do something with it as well, with God and for God and for others. Well, to end, I'll have the band come up, and as they're coming up, I, I just, I have to say, if, if we are acting just to act, just to do good things, that's great and fine. We should do those things. But if all we did was to love others with actions and not present the gospel, the story and the message of Jesus, then where's the hope going to come from? Where is the eternal significance of the gospel message going to come from? So let's pray and let's act, and let's share the gospel, the hope that you and I have of Jesus with and for others as we are doing this. That's why the church exists. That's why we exist, not just for this time here, but for others out there. We can pray and we can act. So um, to, to really end us off here, I, I would love for us to just go through the Lord's Prayer together. And so if you're, if you're willing, would you pray this in closing with me and, and we'll take this, and we'll take those steps, and we'll take our action plans, and we'll take the pattern life that Jesus gave us outside of these walls and do something with it. So I'm gonna pray this prayer, and if you'd like to, you can, it's okay, you can open your, you can have your eyes open when you're praying, that's no big deal. And you can look at these words, and you can pray them out loud with me. So let's do that now. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen.